Yes, I will. And that's the heart we want to have this morning as we gather large to connect small. And uh, we will continue to gather uh, as we know we can praise the Lord. I had a friend post an interesting post that said there's a lot of things that are canceled right now. Uh, but love isn't canceled and hope isn't canceled and faith isn't canceled and worship is not canceled. We can worship uh, our God in truth and in spirit wherever we are. And so we're encouraged that we can join together as we gather. And I was thinking about this idea that we're gathering larger than we've ever gathered before. I was told this past week that 12,000 churches started uh, new live streams for this Sunday. And so uh, God is doing a powerful work online and we're connecting with his church all over the world. We're gathering large and uh, we're excited that we get to do this, um, that so many people today can go to their website, to our website, to church's websites and can worship uh, together, even though we find ourselves in our homes. We also want to live into connecting small. Uh, we know that this can be a very challenging time. And, and if you're uh, watching this for the first time, you're not really connected with Gaten. Uh, I'm so glad you've tuned in. Uh, we know that this can be a scary time. This can be a challenging time. It can be a lonely time. And we would love to connect with you. We have a, a card you can fill out on our website, gaten.church connect. Uh, if you want prayer or you need someone to talk to or you're looking for a community to connect to, uh, we would love to be able to connect with you because we believe that the circles are important when we get together and we get to know each other. And even in this time, we have that ability. Uh, for those of you that are interested in leading a group or if your group is uh, looking to engage during this unique time, uh, we do have online opportunities to group connect uh, over the computer where you can see each other's face or you can hear each other over uh, the computer on a phone. And so we want to give you those opportunities because we do believe this is still a very important time for us to be connecting, to, to gathering together for worship, but also circling together to do life, to pray for each other, to encourage each other and, and to uplift each other in this time of challenge. And so uh, we begin a new journey, a new journey for all of us. Uh, but we look back and we consider the fact that Jesus in his day was, was beginning a journey, a very challenging journey. And that's for the next few weeks, we're going to be looking at the, the events that took place leading up to Jesus on the cross, to his resurrection, and the challenge that came with that. And the series we're calling uh, The Cost of Love, that there was a cost for us to have relationship to God, that there was a cost for us to be uh, in this beautiful, loving relationship through Christ, and that Jesus knew what that cost was and that he was entering into to that. And today we're going to begin with the hard start and, and looking at how Jesus, um, as he was entering Jerusalem, preparing to go to the cross, that there were so many emotions that went with that. There were so many emotions that were stirred and, and that are recorded through the Gospels. Uh, we're told as, as Jesus met with his, his friends that were mourning the loss of Lazarus, that he would uh, actually bring back to life, resurrect, that he wept, that he found even in that moment, empathy and emotion with those around him. And so Jesus had strong emotions and especially at this time as he was preparing to go to the cross. And I was thinking about, you know, for all of us, this is a time of strong emotion. There's so much going on. There's so many new things that we're experiencing together. And I know for so many, there's been loss during this time, either loss of loved ones or loss of opportunities. I, I feel for our seniors and, and those that are in school that, that we're looking forward to graduation, for prom, all these different things, these events in life that, that are special and important to us, um, opportunities that are lost now and, and jobs that may be even lost and how this can stir such deep 
deep, uh, really intense emotions. And one of the things I understand, I believe uh, the Bible plays out is that uh, we really uh, don't control our emotions. Our emotions happen to us. That's the way God created us. And, and it's hard sometimes to navigate that, to, to really focus our emotions. I know when, when you're feeling sad, if someone says, stop feeling sad, um, that's not very helpful. If, if you're feeling um, anxiety, it, it's, it's not always uh, easy to get past that and to just say, I'm going to stop being anxious and, and that our emotions can be very challenging and, and also that, that they in many ways happen to us and, and we react. And so um, as we navigate this, we can look at Jesus and say, how did he deal with his emotions? How did he um, point his emotions in the right direction? How did he have healthy emotions? And so as we look into this study, we're going to be looking at the book of Luke today. Uh, I'm going to, I want to ask the question, how can we get our emotions to match our faith? How can I get my emotions to match my faith? Um, because I do believe uh, that God has given us that opportunity and power. And so we want to look and see uh, how did that play out in Jesus's time? What is said in scripture that we can follow so that today, right now, I know maybe you're feeling anxious, maybe you're feeling sad, or, or maybe you're just holding in that emotion. Um, how do you deal with all that? How do, you, how do we cope with this? How do we navigate this? Um, how do we give it to God? And, and that's our goal. Uh, my goal and my prayer for you is that God would speak directly to you that he would reveal himself even now, that his spirit would be stirring in your heart, in your mind, in your thoughts, um, that you would sense his love and his direction. And so before we go to his word and, and read what Luke recorded for us, I just want to take a moment and just settle our hearts um, there, there's things probably going on around you. There's noises. Um, there are things that are distracting. Uh, what I would like for us to do is just focus our, our minds, focus our hearts, our souls, um, that we would f just completely come into the presence of God and that he would give us peace right now, that we can learn from him, that we can grow from him, that as we read these words that were recorded by Luke for us for, for today, that we would be able to internalize them, that we would receive them. And so for a moment, uh, before I pray, I just, I would ask you wherever you are, whether you're listening to this on your phone, watching this in your TV, in your home, wherever you are, that you would just take one moment, take a deep breath and focus on God and just say, God, please speak to me now. Help me to grow. Father, we know that you never leave us. Um, we know that you love us and you do not desire for us to suffer. You do not desire for us to perish, um, but you desire to give us life and you don't want us to miss that today. So Lord, I pray as, as we look at this book, um, this letter that, that Luke ha has written, Lord, that you inspired to give us hope, to give us um, a place to put our faith. Lord, help, our, help us, help our emotions Help our emotions to align with you. Lord, help us to see your example. We want to be your followers. We want to follow in your steps. Um, we want to be your servants. We want to know you more. And Lord, uh, just speak into our hearts now. Give us exactly what we need. Help us to trust that. Help us to know what is true. And Lord, I pray that, that you would give us uh, emotions that would lead us to peace and joy.
And that, Lord, uh, as we discuss this topic and we think about it, we think about our lives, we think about all the things that are going around in the world, we ask, Lord, that you would help us to be light and salt, that we would be part of the solution today, that we would be reaching out to our neighbors, to our loved ones, and sharing as much as we can with them. Help us to be generous. Help us to be kind. Lord, we ask that you would be, especially today with those that work in hospitals, give them patience, give them grace. We are so thankful for them. We're thankful for their commitment. And Lord, we pray, um, Lord, that, that you would um, bring an end to this virus and that, Lord, we would be able to return um, to a place where we can gather together, um, that we may even have new opportunities to build friendships and to build relationships. Give us those opportunities. Um, and Lord, even now, give us ways that we can love each other and encourage each other in the midst of these challenges. Lord, I, I pray that you'd speak directly to our hearts. Um, help us to, to hear and, and to follow and to be obedient in what you call us to. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. This morning, we're going to be looking at the book of Luke, chapter 19, um, that'll be on the screen as we go along. But I, I think it would be great if you have a Bible to go ahead and get that out. Luke is in the New Testament. It's one of the um, uh, Matthew, Mark, Luke. It's in the gospel section. It's, it's uh, very early in, in the New Testament. And so uh, if you want to find Luke 19, that's where we'll be going to give you some context. I think it's always important when we read God's word to look at the context. Where did it take place? When did it take place? Who was uh, the who was speaking and who was that person speaking to. And what we're going to look at today is um, this is this is a place when Jesus says he's just healed Lazarus, was a close friend of his. He brought him back from the dead. And that was one of the biggest miracles, obviously, that anyone had ever seen or even thought could be possible. And there was a lot of emotion around that. And there was a lot of newfound confidence in Jesus. And there was a new level of excitement. I, I, I can't even imagine what it was like to have one of your best friends or someone you knew very deeply pass away. And you're mourning that loss and, and, and your emotions are deeply connected to this loss. And then all all of a sudden, here that person that you had been mourning is back to life and um, is there to talk to and hug and love again and, and just to have that relationship restored. How powerful that has to be. And so Jesus is coming from that experience and he's making his way back to Jerusalem. And uh, this is where we're told he sends his disciples to get the donkey prepared. He's, he's preparing himself to enter into Jerusalem. And uh, from scripture, uh, Prior to this, we're told in the Bible that Jesus knew exactly what he was doing, that he was choosing to do this, that he knew that there was suffering and pain that was ahead of him on the cross, and that that was the price that, was had, that needed to be paid. And so we see that even at this time, he, he uh, takes moments to, to go and find uh, places where he can be alone so that he can start dealing with this. And I'm sure the emotion, we're told um, that he weeps uh, tears of blood and, and this emotion is so intense and so powerful. And so Luke is recording for us these events that are taking place um, as Jesus and his disciples, and we're also told there's some, some, some religious leaders, the Pharisees are there with him. As he enters into Jerusalem, here's what happens. When he came to the place where the road goes down to the Mount of Olives, the whole crowd of disciples began to joyfully to praise God in a loud voice for all the miracles they had seen. 
And so here they come, they see Jerusalem and there's this new energy, there's an excitement. Um, it's like your favorite team winning the championship. It's, it's that adulation, it's that excitement that is brought in that moment of anticipation of victory. And, and so as they, as they begin their ascent into Jerusalem, um, the disciples are just boiling up with them. I, know, I don't know if you've ever been there where your emotion is just rising up and you're excited and, and you can't hold it in. And maybe there's a song that goes with that. Maybe there's something that rises out of you and you just, you can't hold it in. And that's, that's what's happening here. And we're told that they're, they're reflecting on all the things Jesus had done, that, that their experience with Jesus is what's building this emotion of excitement. Um, their experiences of seeing Jesus uh, heal and, and, um, and bring back Lazarus from the dead and, 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 and how he, he was so powerful in his words that, that they, were, they were just anticipating such amazing things to happen. And they're declaring this and they're saying, this is going to be great. This is going to be amazing. And their emotions are very high at this point. And there's joy, there's anticipation, there's enthusiasm as they prepare their way to go to Jerusalem with Jesus. It continues on in verse 38. This is what they say. Blessed is the king who comes in the name of the Lord. Peace in heaven and glory in the highest. And so they're singing this song and they're saying, uh, he is the king, he is the Lord. And maybe at this point, and more than likely, they had a misunderstanding of who Jesus was. Um, they were thinking he was going to come in and take over the Roman Empire and be this great king. Uh, but at that moment, they knew something big was about to happen. And there's a, that emotion that was coming with the fact that, that they were with Jesus. They saw his power. They knew what he was, he was, he was going to do something. And so that stirred an emotion in them, that stirred an excitement in them. And, and they sang about that excitement and they testified saying they told the stories of what they'd seen and, and they'd experienced with Christ. And so that allowed them um, at this point just to be so full of positive emotion and so full of encouragement encouragement at this point in their lives um, as they look to Jesus as their king, as their leader, as their Lord. And so as this is going on, verse 39 says, some of the Pharisees in the crowd said to Jesus, teacher, uh, rebuke your disciples. Tell them to be quiet. I, I can't stand what they're saying. You see, the religious leaders did not uh, accept Jesus as any kind of king. They did not accept Jesus as any kind of leader. Um, and, and the truth is they were plotting to kill him at this moment. And so to hear the praises of God, to hear the testimonies of what Jesus had done was actually very agitating and it angered. And so the emotion that stirred within the Pharisees when they heard the praise of God, when they heard the testimony or the stories of what Jesus had been doing, it bothered them at their core. And, and they wanted to, to shut it up. They, they couldn't handle hearing these, these songs and, and these testimonies. And so uh, the emotion that was stirred within them was to be hypercritical and to, to, to tell Jesus, look, you got to tell these people to be quiet because what they're doing is wrong. But it was only wrong because of their point of reference and because of their faith and their belief in themselves. Jesus has this amazing reply to them in, in verse um, 40, it says, I tell you, he replied, if they keep quiet, the stones will cry out. If they keep quiet, the stones, the very creation, the very earth that I have created will cry out because this moment is large. And, and whether they truly understand what is about to happen, um, there is a sense 
that there's this heightened emotion, that there's this great event that is going to take place. And uh, if the disciples don't do this, then the very creation knows of the importance of this moment. This is the greatest moment in the history of the world. This is the moment that changes all other moments. This is the place where hope and, and, and where we can put our faith is, is birthed through Jesus going to the cross, dying on the cross, and then raising from the grave. And so Jesus is trying to make this clear to the disciples. They don't want to hear it. Their emotions are not connecting to him. Their faith is not connected to him. And so everything he says uh, bothers them and agitates them and brings them to anger. And so as we read on, uh, here's what we see. Verse 41, as he approached Jerusalem, he saw the city and he wept over it. And this is when I look at Jesus and I say, this is what I want to be. This is, my, this is the heart I want to have. As Jesus is coming and he sees the city, he is just, he's struck with this deep, intense emotion where he weeps. He weeps because he loves those people. He even loves those Pharisees. He loves them. This deep, passionate love for others. And I think this is a powerful thing as we think about this, this very challenging start. Jesus knew this was going to be very difficult, but he knew the cost of love was his sacrifice. He was going to have to sacrifice for us because he loved us. And it was the only way we could truly love him is that he would be willing to have this sacrifice. And his love is revealed at this moment when he weeps over Jerusalem and his heart is broken over Jerusalem. And this emotion is rising up in him um, that, that, that now um, he is coming to that place in that time of sacrifice uh, and people are not going to receive it. Those people that he's going to do this for, not all of them are going to say, yes, I will receive the gift. Not all of them will, will believe and put their faith in it. And so that, that causes him to mourn. We see that as, as we continue. Jesus' emotion was powerful. In verse 42, it says, and he said, if you, even you, speaking of Jerusalem, had only known on this day what would be bringing you peace. But now it is hidden from your eyes. <sighs> what a powerful statement. As Jesus is, is weeping, he's weeping because he recognizes that the very thing that all of those people in Jerusalem needed, every person that will ever live would need, was, was what he was about to offer them, what he was willing to sacrifice, what he was willing to go through for us. And yet even in that, um, that many would, would resist that and not put their faith there. And so he recognizes this moment is such a powerful moment. He knows he's walking into it. And he knows even in that, not everyone, even though he's willing to sacrifice himself, the perfect sacrifice, even in that, um, he recognized people will not receive that. And so his emotion is, is one of, of anguish and, and, and really that idea that they are, they are missing the, the true uh, essence of life, the true purpose of life. And so as he enters, ironically, the city Jerusalem, Jerusalem itself, the, the meaning of, of the word Jerusalem is peace that God had come to bring peace through Christ, not just to the people of that time, but for the world, that he brought peace for us. And that peace can begin in our hearts and our lives and can help us with our emotions. So going back to the question that we began with, how can we get our emotions to match our faith? 
How can we have those types of emotions that Christ had? How can I care about others the way Christ cared about others? How can I see the world and allow that to affect my emotions the way it affected Jesus' emotions? How can I live like the disciples? We talk about being disciples who make disciples of all generations. How can I be like the disciples and be excited and full of joy in my faith in God that, that there's nothing that can steal my joy? There's no virus. Um, there's no economic issues. There's nothing that can steal my joy because my joy isn't, my faith isn't in those things. It's in, it's in the Lord and what he's done and his promises for us. And so I want to give you five practical applications that we learn from this text in Luke on how uh, we can make sure that our emotions uh, fit our faith, that we live into our faith and that our emotions uh, are aligning with our faith. And so the first thing I want to uh, look at is where the disciples were sharing the things they saw God do. And I would encourage you uh, to record what God has done for you in your life. One of the most powerful things you can do is keep a journal and in that journal, write down daily, what did God do in my life? today? How did God move? How did he show up? What are the good things that are happening in my life? Um, this is a practice I try to do with all the groups I'm a part of, with my family at home. We talk about what do you want to remember about this past week? What is God doing in your life? What is God teaching you? And, and what you'll find is as you begin to record days and then weeks and then months and then years, as you can look back and you see this long list of amazing things that God has done in your life. And you begin to notice that every day God does something great in your life. God does something amazing in your life. I think one of the challenges of a time like this is that our emotions can, can go to despair. Our emotions can go to fear because we come up with all the possibilities, the what ifs. What if I lose everything? What if everything goes horribly wrong? What if, what if, what if, what if? And we put our minds in that place and then our emotions follow that path and it, it's a path that leads to fear. It's a path that leads to anxiety. It's a path that leads to stress. And yet in these moments, if we can look back and say, God has always been faithful. He was faithful a year ago. He was a faithful two years ago. He's been faithful my whole life. And I can look at that and I can remind myself of his faithfulness as I record and I journal what God is doing in my life today. What has he done today that gives me faith for tomorrow, that strengthens my faith and my emotions will follow? My emotions will follow where my heart is focused. My emotions will follow where my mind is focused. And so if we can focus our minds, even in this time of challenge, of, of, of um, conflict, of crisis, if we can focus our minds on the things of God, of what he's done, declaring the stories in our minds and in our hearts and, sh and, and being open and honest about what God has done with us, I believe that will allow us for our faith and our emotions to become one. And so the first uh, encouragement I would give you today, if you don't already, is to start a journal. Write down every day or even just once a week, what has God done for you this week? What good things are happening in your life? Second, I would, I would say find good influences. Find good influences. Now, as I'm watching online and, and Instagram and Facebook, you know, this is the, like the binge season. People are watching lots of television. Um, they're listening to lots of podcasts. And um, I think this is an amazing opportunity to fill your heart and your mind and your soul with such powerful wisdom, such 
powerful knowledge, such encouraging thoughts and ideas. There's audiobooks, there's podcasts, there's movies. There are so many things that you could use as influences in your family's life, influences in your own life that can help you to grow and mature you as a person right now that you can prioritize and say, today, um, I'm going to figure out my day, and in my day, I'm going to make sure I intentionally put things that are, that are helping me grow as a person, maturing me, equipping me, uh, teaching me new things, helping me in, in new areas, and, and I'm going to try to do that for my family as well. One of the resources we have here at Gaten that we would love to share with you is, a, is, is an opportunity called Right Now Media. It's an online service that if you contact us, we will get you an opportunity to log in, and, and there's thousands and thousands of resources, Bible studies uh, for you, for your children for your friends, uh, for your family, where you can talk through finances, parenting, uh, whatever you can imagine that, that would be something that would be helpful and grow, growing for you, they have opportunities. But this is an amazing time. We're home, right? We have these opportunities to connect um, to, to very powerful speakers. The greatest speakers that, that share Jesus today, you can go to YouTube and watch their messages. Um, you can go to podcasts where, where so many of them are uploaded for us to listen to. And I do that on a regular basis because it is so life-giving and so powerful. So I would encourage you, uh, find good influences because what we see here in this passage are two groups, the disciples and the Pharisees. The disciples are so excited about what God's doing and they are joyful and they're celebrating. Yet the Pharisees can't stand it. They want them to be quiet. Why? Because they're influenced by each other. What they've allowed into their minds, what they've allowed into their hearts have been the influences around them. And so I believe it's so important that we're intentional right now with what we allow to influence us. Thirdly, I think this is a great opportunity for us to share what God has done for us and for you. Um, you can either go to Instagram, you can go to Facebook, um, you can talk to the people that, that are in your home. Um, every day, just talk about what God has done. As you record what God is doing, sharing that with people, letting people know that even in, in tough times, God is still good and he still does great things. And, and there's so much for us to be thankful for. Um, no matter what's going on, God is always faithful and he is always gracious. And so sharing your story, sharing um, hope, you don't know how that's going to affect someone. Someone right now might be finding themselves as you're watching me right now you're saying I am just I see no hope I see, I see no path forward I'm so afraid um, I want to encourage you I want to share that, that the peace that I have is not peace in this world but peace in, in the one who made this world and he loves you and he cares for you and you can have that peace and you can have that light that, that transforms your whole life um, it's there for, for you. It's, it's available. Uh, and, to, and for all of us to be living into that and sharing that uh, with those that are around us and we have influence over. And then the fourth thing that I think is a very powerful tool for us right now is just to ask God to give us healthy emotions. I know when I wake up and I start the day, we don't always start the day with the healthiest of emotions. Uh, when you're tired or you're hungry or you're stressed, our emotions can lead us in the wrong direction to do things that we know are wrong, but we're just trying to cope with those emotions. And it's such a powerful tool. Jesus over and over again, especially through the book of John says, just ask. God is your father. He loves you and he would never give you a bad gift. He's not going to ignore you. He's going to listen to you when you talk to him. Uh, and if we ask him to give us healthy emotions, help our emotions to reflect his emotions, help us to have the emotions of Jesus. Jesus, uh, his burden was never for himself. It was always for others. Jesus' emotions always aligned what was best for everyone else, not what was best for him. If we all could live that way, can you imagine what the world would be like? Can you imagine what your family's life would be like, what your neighborhood, your job? 
your school, all those different places would be like if we all had the emotion and the approach that Jesus had to his life that we would have for ours. And then finally, the fifth uh, practical tool I'd like to give you right now to use is that this is a time not to be stingy, but to be generous. This is an amazing time for us to be generous. Um, whether it is just calling someone and talking to them. Many people are lonely right now. Just intentionally reaching out. Maybe it's a family member. Maybe it's a friend. Maybe it's a neighbor. Just to, you can online, FaceTime, whatever it is. This is an amazing time and opportunity for us to be generous with, our, with ourselves, with our conversations, with our presence. We can be generous in so many other ways. Our church is praying about how we can be more generous. Our food pantry this past week was able to, to do drive-by opportunities where people would come in and we would take the, the food to them. What an amazing opportunity to bless people and be generous in a time of, of crisis and challenge. And also, this is an opportunity for you to be generous and say, where am I investing everything that God is giving me? Whether it's my energy, whether it's my, my knowledge, uh, whether it's my talents, or, or whether it's my finances. We, as a church, can only operate because of your generosity. And so we want to give you that opportunity to be generous. This is uh, an amazing time for us to invest in, in big things. God is doing big things, and we want to be a part of that. And, and some of that um, is only limited by our generosity. And so I would just ask you, if you know Christ as your Savior, and, and you're following Him, and you consider yourself a disciple, and you're trying to make disciples of all generations, just say, God, what would you have me give? How can I be faithful today? So many people have contacted me and just saying, how can I help? How can I give? And, and you know, this is a great time to be generous. And, and, and our church, as we partner together, gives us, um, as we're combined, many becoming one, gives us greater opportunities to show that generosity to the world. So I'd encourage you, you can go to our website, gaten.church give. There'll be options to give there. If you'd like to send in a physical check or, or cash, um, we have that also through our uh, updates on our website. Uh, it has our mailing address. This is an opportunity for us to keep investing together, keep partnering together. So I would encourage you in that. And so as, as we begin uh, a new chapter in, in the history of the world, this has never happened before where the whole world is shut down in this way, we have an opportunity. We have an opportunity to connect. We have an opportunity to start something. And we have an opportunity to connect our emotions with our faith so that the world will know the truth of Jesus and his resurrection. And so this morning, if you have never in your life received that gift that Jesus went into Jerusalem, he went into Jerusalem and he allowed himself to be put on a cross. He died on that cross and he rose from the grave three days later. And he said, anyone who believes in me and trusts in me that I have, I have paid for their sins. He, we call that confess. I confess that I'm a sinner and I need your salvation. And I believe that that's what happened. And I believe that you've paid for me. Then he says, you can have this gift of eternal life. You can have this relationship with God. You can have this relationship with him eternally. If that's where you are, you, you can just ask him right now and say, dear Jesus, I confess, I know I need you. Please come into my life. Please come and save me. Help me to live for you the rest of my life. If you've made that decision or, or you want to make that decision, please reach out to us. Um, you can go to gaten.church connect or, or email us. We want to follow up with you. We want to help you through that. And my challenge to, to the church, the challenge to us as Gaten Baptist Church is that we would continue to pray how we can be more generous in this time. How can we show the love of Christ? How can we let our emotions connect with our faith so we can impact the world around us? I know it's not easy. Um, this was not easy for Jesus either. It was a hard start. It was, he knew how hard it was. It was emotionally draining. 
and yet he persevered and he did it for us. Let's do that together. Let's get closer together and let's be on mission together as we are disciples and we're going to try to make as many disciples of all generations together. Let's be on mission today and I'll be praying for you. I pray that you would pray for me. Let's stay connected and uh, have a great week. God bless.